0: Thank you, Lisa, and thank you all for being here. I always am aware that on a Saturday event such as this, no, none of you woke up and thought, this is the perfect day for a retreat. I finally got everything done yesterday, you know. In a room this size, every single one of us has a list of things that we could be keeping the whole time we're here. Do I have what I need for lunch tomorrow? What about breakfast? What about pants? Are there pants? I mean, every every, I I we have, sixteen-year-old son, a fourteen-year-old son, a ten-year-old daughter, a six-year-old daughter. Our sixteen-year-old and our fourteen-year-old act stunned every Sunday morning that we get up to go to church. <laughs> I mean, it, it 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 we we have been doing it every Sunday of their life. Every Sunday they act caught off guard, you know, and so we are, my husband is very organized and he always says, but here's the thing, his organization, and he does sometimes take it a step further, but a lot of times his organization involves saying on Saturday night, hey, is, are everyone's clothes ready? And I'll say something like, I don't know, <laughs> you know. And, and I wish that it... I always want that to feel urgent on Saturday night. And on Sunday morning, I always wish that it had felt urgent. You know? <laughs> but we are still working on all of that. We are... I so appreciate Lisa's words about Tony and I and our family. I will tell you, I love that family that I left this morning. They are amazing. If you were able to come and sit at our kitchen table though, one of the things that we talk about real often is what are we doing really well here? And I think the thing that we are doing best in the Brooks family is needing Jesus at every single turn. And I and I just I, I know that it sounds almost like a cop out because basically what I'm saying is we're making mistakes all the time. But here's the thing. Our kids aren't drawn to a Savior if they think they've got it all together. I mean, you don't need a Savior if you've got it all together. And so I feel like what we are doing, and I told my mom on the way over here, we had an instance with our 16-year-old last night where, honestly, and I told him, here's the thing. Right now, these hands want to hurt you. (laughs) You know? And, and, and they, they, they want to hurt you. But this is the glory of God, son, right here. They're staying folded, you know. And, 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 and so we are, I don't know that it looks like what you would imagine in a parenting book, you know. But our kids are seeing the power of God at work through flawed parents who daily admit they need Jesus. And it doesn't look like um, maybe it should always look. But really none of us do. You know, we're all reaching to, to the Lord. And so I, I just want you to know I appreciate you on a day like today. I know the Lord sees what you have laid down to be here. He sees that and he acknowledges that. And so I, my prayer is that he rewards you richly through this time together, certainly in this time. I think we can all say that heartache in this world is escalating at a rapid rate. And honestly, when I was I was looking, I went into the restroom and it's an odd thing to walk into a place that... And, and see your picture hanging in the restroom. But I had, that, I had that experience this morning. And I was just reading over what was written about this day. And the thing is, if the world was perfect, if we were all still living in the Garden of Eden, we are contending with the voice of Satan that whispers in our mind lies. That, that Here's the thing, and, and the Word of God tells us, sound a lot like truth. I mean, it, it's, it's, it, he takes something and he uses just enough truth in it that you take the whole thing as truth. But we don't just have these voices in our mind. We now have the world that is pushing forth all sorts of agendas that we can feel attacked and overwhelmed and scared and anxious and all of these things, all of these emotions... That when you combine the world that we live in with the voices that, that Jesus acknowledged are already out there, it can be, it can feel like too much. It can feel like too much. And so that's where we find ourselves today, but I want you to know the great thing about God's Word is you are never going to find yourself in a place that someone hasn't been before. And so let's go to 2 Kings, that's where we're at this morning. I'm going to be in 2 Kings 6. If you want to turn there, that's so great. And if you don't, I will try to read slowly. We're talking about Elisha. And of course, Elisha has come after the servant, Elijah. I, Elijah is one of my favorite, favorite people to study. I just love Elisha. The way that he lived his life, and Elisha, when the Lord, when the Lord was about to take Elijah, um, he said to Elisha, "Is there what? What do you want?" And Elijah said, "I want a double portion of whatever he had," <laughs> which is actually a pretty great request, you know. When you look at someone who knows the Lord to say, "I want double whatever they have, more of you, Lord, living in me," and so uh, in Second Kings six. Elisha, the king of Amram, was at war with Israel. This is, I'm starting actually in verse 8. It says, after conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such place. And the man of God sent word, of, word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, and the man of God right here is Elisha. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Amram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, Will you not tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord the king, said one of his officers. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. And in verse 16, Elisha answers, Don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, "Oh Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So Elisha is asking, open his eyes that he can see that the ones who are with us are far more than the ones who are against us. And I feel like I'm praying that that is our experience today, that we will be reminded that the one who is with us is far greater than the one who is against us. Now here's what I want you to notice. When we were singing just right before now, We said, let's sing Blue Skies and Rainbows. It's not a song we sing much anymore. It's a a sweet song from my childhood, but I, I, I wonder how many of you those words resonated with you today. I know that Jesus is well and alive today. He makes his home in my heart. Never more will I be all alone since he promised me that we never would part. Well, we, we acknowledge that that's a kid's song, but I wonder how many of you are living that as truth. Because one of the main ways that Satan hits you is by telling you, you are alone. You are alone. Even if we gather every member of East Ridge Church of Christ and we pack them all in here and we try to encourage each other, it is still easy for the enemy to weave his voice into these thoughts and say, Even still, there's so many more out there than there are in here. And he starts trying to convince you that actually what was meant to bless you, the gathering of the saints, even that isn't enough. And we go back to the words of this song. I know that Jesus is well and alive today. He's alive. He's alive. And you are not alone. And just like Elisha's servant needed to be reminded, you are not alone in this. So do we. And so today I want you to think about this. What are some of the feelings that we um that Elisha's servant had? Well, I mean, first off, you have the fear. I mean, obviously, the king of Amram is a powerful man, and he is um gather, I mean. Let's just even walk back because I believe there's some encouragement in this part too. Do you see how powerful God is? That Elisha, who is over here, far away from this king, is able to hear, I mean, and I know they're not giving the specific instance, but the Lord is revealing his thoughts to Elisha, revealing the king's thoughts to Elisha when he is far away. I just want you to know that God hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. That same power is still at work. It means that right now, some of you have people that you are praying for in the far-off places that they would come to know the Lord. Some of you have situations in your life where you think, I cannot see a way that this can change. It can. Because the same God that whispered the king of Amram's thoughts to Elisha can whisper to the person that you are praying for even now. That same power that was at work back then is still at work today. And you have access to it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. He is with you and he is still at work on your behalf. And so this servant wakes up and I imagine him walking out. I was trying to imagine a place where I've been in a valley before. And you have a tendency when you're in a valley to walk out and look up. And he looks up and he sees this army has advanced and surrounded the city overnight. And I wonder how many of you have had that experience. We, we, have, we are walking through times, and I would, I would suggest that, I mean, almost always my mom used to say, you're either walking into a struggle, walking out of a struggle, or you're in a struggle. It's not the most encouraging thought. Uh, But it's the truth. And she was trying to teach us as kids, you've got to anchor into the Lord now. Because you you can't, in the midst of a struggle, is not the time where you think, you know what, I want to read my Bible more. I mean, when you are fighting to breathe, you are fighting to breathe. And so you need to be able to draw on what is there. And that servant walked out, In the same way that some of you have walked out on what looks to be a beautiful day and you've gotten a phone call or you've gotten word or maybe you even just walked out and logged onto your computer and you are hit with a truth that knocks you over and you are overwhelmed and you are scared. And that servant had that experience. And honestly, we do not in our home watch the news a lot. And I will tell you why. We've got kids that, I mean, we realized every time the news was on, we were having hard conversations. What does this mean? What, what is that? I mean, and there just was, it, it got to the point where we were thinking, we really, I mean, we cannot hit them with a hard conversation every single day. And it, it, it's, it's tiresome for us. And so we have really, I mean, we know what's going on in the world, but we have really had to limit our intake of news. Because if all I'm feeding on is news, it is a junk food depressing diet. And I think that this servant walked out and he looked and he thought, this is too much. And I wonder how many of you have thought that when you've walked out or seen the news, you know, or you've seen the situations in your families. This is too much. I don't know how we're going to get out of here. But Elisha knew in that moment. It's crazy to me because we're, we're resurrection people. And so we, we know whatever we face, Jesus is well and alive today. Elisha didn't have that, but he knew God. He had seen the Lord do incredible things. Uh, One of my favorite stories about Elijah, is his mentor, is that Elijah, not being a resurrection person, still, when he was living in the home with the widow and her son died, what does Elijah do? He goes up and he prays over this child, this dead child, and raises him from the dead. Now, now, we read that with the per- perspective of being resurrection people. I mean, we're basing our whole faith on the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. He conquered death. But Elijah didn't have that. Elijah knew he, w- he had been in this situation with this widow. He had seen the Lord provide. And you know what? She wants her son back. I'm going to ask if, he can get, have, if she can have him. And he goes in there and he prays over this son and he... Rises from the dead. Now now I want to tell you this because this is this is an important piece to this story and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna look up the scripture reference and tell it to you in, the, in our next session so that you can read it and fact check me all you want. It's always stood out to me that when the widow's son died, she said This is because of my sin. And I I, I just need you to see that piece to this because I want you to know the same liar that is whispering to, to you today was whispering back then. It hasn't changed. He is still whispering some of the exact same things. This is because of your sin. This has happened to your family because of this. This is happening here because of... I mean, it's always going to involve a little bit of truth because have we sinned? Yes. But was this woman's son dead because of her sin? I don't think so. Not at all. I think that her son was dead, honestly, because the Lord knew his servant and he knew the glory was about to be revealed. So I want you to see that because I believe that Elijah's faith in that moment mentored Elisha's faith for right now. Remember he said, whatever he has, give me a double portion. And so in this moment, when the servant is overwhelmed, he looks to Elisha and says, what do we do? And Elisha says, God, open His eyes. Because, Lord, I know you're out there. Now, here is what I want. I mean, we don't know. Did Elisha walk out and already have the spiritual eyes to see all those men? Or did Elisha walk out and just have the confidence to know the spiritual realm is always active? And God, if, you are, if your people are in peril, I know you're here. I think the verse that I've been clinging to as we've walked through some trying times here recently has been the verse where Jacob says, Surely the Lord was in this place, and I was not aware of it. Because I think when you walk into a hard times, a lot of times it's, it's, it gets frantic. I remember when we were having our first uh, baby, Peyton, who I wanted to grab his hair and shake last night. But I didn't, girls. <laughs> glory to God. Uh, uh, he was, I mean, the, the nurse said, remember your focal point. Remember your focal point when I, I mean, when you're having a baby. And I thought, "What? Well, I don't even know what that is. And she said, if you don't get something locked in in your eyes, the pain is going to make you, like, thrash." And I thought, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll look at that clock. And then... I wasn't looking at the clock. I was thrashing, you know. I mean, and so I think in that moment, it is, we've got to have a focal point. What is your focal point right now? And I mean, you're going to have to decide. The nurse said, um, pick a focal point before my labor had even started. It took Tony in the moment to say, get your focal point, (laughs) you know. for me to go back to that. And I think, really, when we're thinking about the Word of God and what we're living in, what is your focal point? I don't know where you're at today. I pray you are not in struggle, but here's what I can guarantee you. At some point, you will be. And you need to be able to tell us and tell a friend, what are you focusing on? Because you're going to need a friend to remind you, get your focal point. And so, when we're talking about this, I just want to go over a couple of things. First off, God is with us. God is with us. At Christmas, every year, we sing all the hymns. I think the name of God that has meant the most to me for the longest is Emmanuel, Emmanuel. I hold on to that name. God is with us. Our, our um, neighbors have... It's, not, it's really not our neighbors. they are a couple of streets over, but we drive it real often. They have angels, um, huge angels, that are arched over the manger. And it says, Emmanuel, in lights across their yard. It's beautiful. We don't drive that street all the time, but we drive it frequently. And every time, our kids know... I'm going to roll down the window and yell, yes, Lord. (laughs) It scares them to death. Um, Our boys don't enjoy that. Um, And our girls, now here's the funny thing. I think we have really hit our rhythm on this fourth kid because she, as soon as we turn on that street, she's got her windows rolled down and I can hear She's ready to yell with me, you know. (laughs) She, she, is, she is living it. But I want them to remember that is something we celebrate right there in those Christmas lights. He is with us. And this isn't just a Christmas name. This is who He is now. And so I want to remind you that God is with us. And then I want to remember remind you Your faith is going to be the first step you take toward revealing the Lord is at work. Your faith. I'm I'm trying to think of a better way to say that. God is always at work. But you're going to have to step out in faith to point to that. Do you hear me? On that this 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 past year, I have been I teach a parenting class at our home church, and um, somehow through I mean honestly through the Lord, it, it doors open for me to start teaching this same class at Child Protective Services. It's it's a little bit different, but it, it is I mean it's a totally different crowd. It's been one of the best and most humbling things I've ever done. Because I have realized and I've told Tony, who knows who we would be if we didn't know how we were going to feed these kids? Who knows who we would be if 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 I had to work and I, I and my babysitter was sick. Who knows what we would the desperation that would drive us? And I will tell you, we are unified in that class. We are unified through the confession that parenting is hard for everyone. So fascinating the lies that Satan has told where some of those people think this is a unique struggle. Because he does that. He makes you think you're the only one who's ever struggled with this. But I find myself praying harder when I leave that child protective services unit. than than almost anywhere else I speak. And I'll tell you why. It's because you all, I look out at you and I can see your faces and I can see you're processing all of this and I can see that you are already open to the Word of God and what it can do. But pain makes people hard. And so when I'm standing there in CPS and just last week, A girl stood up and said, I don't want to listen to this. I didn't come to, you know, come to hear about Jesus. And honestly, I was having the kind of day where I said, I mean, I I didn't say this, but I wanted to be like, listen, I'm having the kind of day I don't really want to talk about it either. You know, I mean, do you have those? But I have thought about that woman and prayed for her so much because I've thought, God, I stood up in front of those people and said you have the power to change hearts that you have the power to change lives that you have the power in one generation to to have those kids that are represented by those parents someday standing up in front of that group and declaring jesus changed my mom's life he can do it for you god please let that be real Please let that be real. Now, see, I know that it's real, but it feels like a huge step of faith to say it to a bunch of people who are wondering, where is he? Where is he? It's easy for you to cling to the Lord. You know where your next meal is coming from. It's easy for you to cling to the Lord. You're not worried about your electricity being turned off. I mean, there's so many circumstances in all of these things, but when we the fact that God is with us, it is going to require you to step in on faith and share that. And I will tell you, the, the, the leap of faith is getting... It, it's It feels like it's growing in some ways because people are not wanting to hear that all the time. But He is with us. And I want to encourage you if you are not, if you cannot think this morning, where am I stepping out on faith to talk about the Lord? Ask Him to show you where you can. Because this CPS journey is unlike any I've ever been on. I got up this morning, was happy, ready to come over here and be with y'all. I, I get up, and I, I mean, I'm not telling you anything I have not told the Lord. But sometimes when I know that I'm going over there, I'll hear one of my kids cough in the night and think, oh, maybe they have a fever. (laughs) It's a hard place to go. I mean, you don't want to go hard places. I want to go places where all of you will come up and hug me and say that was a good job. I don't want to go places where people say, I wish you'd sit down. And I've had that. It's not easy. Because when someone says, I wish you'd sit down, a lot of times what's inside of you thinks, I think I'd like to. (laughs) But the Lord hasn't asked me to go in there and just tell them what they want to hear. I'm supposed to go in there and I'm supposed to tell about the difference that Jesus has made in our family. And that is not going to be well received, but I have to believe in faith that those seeds mean something. And Elisha, I don't know. Did he walk out? Did he already have the eyes where he saw? Oh my word! God's—I mean, God's angel army is all around us. Or did he just walk out there and say, "God, in faith, I'm going to tell Him you're there. Please, God, be there." I'm walking through a time right now with someone I really love where I'm having conversations like that. I believe the Lord has the ability to do this. Please, God, be there. And the Lord opens the servant's eyes, and he is able to see. And so we want to remember that God is with us, and then we want to remember your resources. Your resources. First off, do you realize what a fantastic place you are in this morning? That you are here, that people have prayed and prepared and, 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 and wanted you to be blessed in this place. This is a fantastic resource. I want to also remind you that this is a fantastic resource. We were telling our 14 year old the other day, he, he was talking to us about some insecurities that we have. And I, I mean, and Tony said, Benjamin, honestly. Honestly, you are going to struggle with insecurities your whole life. Some more encouraging parenting advice. <laughs> he said, So you've got to get to the point where when you start feeling insecure, you go someplace that is secure. When your mom and I can't be here, you've got to go to the Word of God, you've got to remember your resources. I mean, uh, the, 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 the fruits of the Spirit that if you have taken on Christ in baptism, those are at your resource. Do you realize that? That we don't get the ability to say, well, you know, I've never been patient. Well, you should be growing in that. You know, you don't have the ability to say, well, gentleness really isn't in my bag of tricks. Well... I mean, you you have to be moving towards that. I'm telling you, I could tell stories for hours about our six year old. She is God's exclamation point to our family. I mean, really, she is. I I told Tony, I said, sometimes I think I wish we'd had five kids, and he said, and then I hope you look at Shelby and think, we're done. You know, I mean, she is, and she's fantastic. She is so much joy, but she is smart, and she is quick-witted. And the other day, I felt like I was making progress because I said, Shelby, I'm not going to argue with you about brushing your hair. not going to argue with you about it. You know that brushing your hair is required. I'm just going to go get in the car and wait for you. I felt like this was a good plan, and she goes, well, I'll be here when you get back. <laughs> I mean, that, that gives you just a tiny window into, her, into our Shelby. And, and she is, but she is so full of love and joy and energy. But if that comes against you, that force, we need Jesus. <laughs> And, and 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 I've had to ask the Lord because I have realized, and I have confessed this to Shelby as well. I mean, really, to Shelby as well. we I, I have told her, Shelby, I'm not going to argue with you every day. She has naturally curly hair. And every time that I tell this story, I get fifty Facebook messages about, here's how you I, I know that you are not supposed to brush out naturally curly hair, but here's the problem. Eden, Shelby's sister, has stick-straight hair, and Shelby thinks if she can just brush those curls, it will look like Eden's. It's, it's not working. <laughs> it, I mean, it, her hair it is like this, and I mean, it just is bigger and bigger, and I cannot, can, I mean, I've even, you, in, in my lowest moments, I have said, I'm going to shave your head. <laughs> And, and and so that was a low point. I'm sharing it. But with Shelby, I have had to go back to this. Lord, I have the fruits of your spirit in me. If I am struggling with patience, that, that's, that's on me. You have, you've given me access to patience. God, if I'm struggling with saying things like, I'm going to shave your head... That is self-control that I have lost, but I have access to more. And so this, God, if this is how you are choosing to work in me to show me that I need access to your spirit, I'm picking up on it. And I want you to know you are going to have situations in your life where you are forced to tap into the Lord. It's the whole point. It's the whole point. Point. And so you don't get to say, well, this has always been my struggle. I mean, you can say that, but you should be growing in that. I've told Shelby, Shelby, you can tell when mommy starts to feel stressed. Shelby, I need you to not cry every day when we're working on your hair like someone is about, it, like I'm knifing you, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's it's the perfect storm. Tony said, if I did not have to get ready for work every day, I would sit on our bed and watch you and Shelby. <laughs> it is true theater every morning. But we're working on it and we're growing. And every once in a while, I mean, probably once or twice a week, we'll have a day where we walk to the car and Shelby goes, put it here, you did it, you did it, you know. And we are, we are working on it. We're growing in this area. This past year, and I want to tell this story because I think that this is significant. In Isaiah 25, 1, this is one of my favorite verses. Let's see. It says, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name. In perfect faithfulness, you have done marvelous things, things planned long ago. And I don't want to get hung up here too long. But I think when we think about that verse about things planned long ago, we think about, well, of course, Jesus coming to earth. Dying on the cross, his ministry advancing. We think about Paul and all that he accomplished. We think about the apostles going out. I mean, those were all marvelous things. We think about maybe, um, I mean, I bet if we went around the room right now and we said, hey, tell something marvelous that you have seen the Lord do in your lifetime, I pray we would all have a story. But I think sometimes we have taken the word marvelous and made it too big. And maybe some of the marvelous things that the Lord is doing is growing me to the point where I can get Shelby ready for school and not sweat through my shirt. I mean, I'm just like throwing that out there. This past year, we went as a family of six to a restaurant, and we always say, hey, we're going somewhere nice. And what that means in our family is there's going to be a waitress or, or a waiter. I mean, if we're tipping someone, we're nice. That, that's, that's a nice place at this stage of life. I don't want y'all to think we're going out to high end. It's just a waiter or a waitress. So we're sitting there, and, and honestly, we're all sitting around the table. I've mentioned that Tony is very organized, very type A. He is, and it's interesting, our family is split down the middle. We've got three extroverts, three introverts. The introverts do not, and Tony leads the introverts, the introverts do not want attention drawn to them. They want to walk into a restaurant silently. You know, I mean, it honestly, it, even, even walking into a restaurant where I know people and I'm like, hey, you know, all that. They, they, our oldest son, who is also an introvert, will say, I wish you wouldn't wave your hands. You know, I mean, like, can we just walk in? <laughs> Anyways, we're, they, they just want they want to stay under the radar. That is their experience. So we're sitting there. Tony has a history as well of big reactions because when an introvert is exposed, they react. So we're sitting there. I've already noticed how cute Tony is. He's got on a navy blue sweater. He's got his glasses on. Um, I just think he's cute. And we're um, all looking at the deal. And I don't know why Eden, honestly, who is so precious and tender and really rarely causes major discipline needs it. She just kind of moves like this through our family, Um, has made a pile of half-and-halves on the table, you know, just stack them up. And I don't know where this comes from, but we're sitting there. It's all, I mean, it's all quiet, and she just goes, bam! Right on this three-pack of half-and-halves. Well, I mean, you can imagine the introverts have officially been exposed. (laughs) And honestly, Eden is on the introvert team, so I don't know. I mean, she's she's mortified at herself. And somehow, in the way that she hit that, the full pressure of all that half-and-half went on Tony's navy sweater, on his glasses, in his hair. It makes quite a noise so that also... There is, I mean, the restaurant is now quiet. And everyone has looked over at the Brooks table. And our boys know their dad well enough to know that they said, Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is what you're calling the perfect storm. You know, we have the, I mean, the combination of the shock of half and half covering you the noise, the quiet of the restaurant, the introvert is exposed, you know, all, all of these things, everyone is looking at Tony for what is he going to do. And in what was really a miraculous moment, he took off his glasses and said, "Hey, you shouldn't, you don't ever do that again. <laughs> and, and just starts, you know, and Benjamin, our fourteen-year-old, goes, "Dad, what has happened to you?" <laughs> I mean, because uh, I, I mean, we're used to huge reaction, and Eden, you shouldn't. I mean, we were all expecting, like, this is the end of our nice lunch. <laughs> you know, that's all it took was that we will now make our exit, and I'm going to keep my hands down. <laughs> you know, not going to wave at anyone. So. That is happening, but I want, I'm i telling you that story because I want you to know there's been some huge things that have happened in our world that have declared the glory of God. But if you ask any four of the Brooks kids, they will tell you a marvelous thing that the Lord has done that was planned long ago is our dad kept his cool at the table. I'm telling you that because I think sometimes in the body of Christ we try to hide our struggle but the fact is, Jesus is revealed when you embrace that head on. When you tell your people, I struggle with this. I struggle. Would you show me? Would you watch me walk through this? Would you encourage me as I walk through this? You know, it, it, it's, it's making a difference. And, and when Benjamin said to Tony, What, Dad, what has happened to you? Tony said, Guys, I'm, I know y'all are always expecting a huge reaction out of me, and I'm tired of that asking the Lord to help me be different. And I want you to know, without knowing anyone in here, where are you asking the Lord to help you be different? Because part of accepting acknowledging the lies of Satan is he is going to tell you, you have always been this way. And if we're not careful, even within our own families, we will say, you've always been this way. I mean, we're really careful with even, even talking to Shelby. I will say, Shelby, you are so passionate. And the Lord is going to use that someday in some magnificent way. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. It's really easy as, as adults to speak over people things that we don't mean. You've always, you know, I, I knew you were going to act like this. This is what you do. You know, I didn't even want to tell you because I knew you'd be mad. I knew you'd fly off the handle. I mean, do you think about all the things, all the ways that we do not allow the Lord to work in other people's lives? And sometimes it's going to take some hard conversations where we go to the people closest to us and we say, I know I've always been a reactor. I don't want to be one. I told Tony at the end of this year, I know that our laundry room always looks like we've been robbed. I don't want to be like that. That room in our house is embarrassing to me. And I want to get that under control in the name of Jesus.
1: <laughs> I mean, and and I
0: I mean that sounds silly, but I promise you if you saw our laundry room, you wouldn't think it was silly. I mean, where is an area of struggle for you that the Lord's glory can be revealed? Where is an area of that you are wrestling that you need to remember your resources? You have access to the Spirit of God, the fruits of those spirits. You have, of of the Holy Spirit, you have access to the same eyes that Elisha had. God, open my eyes to see you at work. Last Saturday, I was driving someplace to have um, uh, what felt like it was going to be a hard conversation. It wasn't something I was looking forward to, to be truthful. And I I realized I I somehow had gotten away from our house early, and I thought, I'm just going to stop at Starbucks and get something and just ask the Lord to work in my mind, because I was needing the Lord to work in my mind. And I said to the Lord, God, would you just show me you're here with me in this Uh, help me help me acknowledge some of the blessings that i that i have you know and i just started listing off in my mind okay i'm i'm in a car that i enjoy got gas i've got i mean like just started listing off the little things now i've got gas in this car i've got a coat for when i get out i'm i'm go you know i have a family that loves me that misses me when i'm gone and, and as I place my order, um, I pull up to the window and the guy says, hey, the man in the car in front of you just said, have a great day, you've got this, and paid for your coffee. <laughs> and, and I just felt like, thank you, Lord. I actually told my dad. I said, Dad, I know this sounds crazy, but I really feel like God is, is working on our behalf. I got a free cup of coffee, Dad. From the Lord, you know, uh, but I think that we are going to have to start acknowledging that we need things like that so that we know that when it happens, I don't know, I mean, I don't know how things work in the spiritual realm, I don't know if that guy left his house today and thought, I am going to buy someone's coffee, I don't know if, if, if what happened is I shoot this prayer off to the Lord, show me you're here, meanwhile that guy's driving to Starbucks and he thinks, you know what, I want to, I mean, how did all that transpire? I don't know. But I know that as I pulled out of that Starbucks parking lot, I thought, God bless that man. Because I do not know him. But you worked through him today to assure me that you are with me. You opened my eyes, and I'm seeing it. I'm going forward in confidence. And so you're going to have to remember your resources. And then next, I want to make sure I don't miss any of it. You are going to have to remember to watch. To watch. I know we're talking about Elisha, but I have to keep going back to Elijah because I think so much of Elijah's, I think so much of Elisha was who he spent time with. I mean, I, I, I want to encourage you that you are going to look a lot like the people you are spending the most amount of time with. And Elisha was strong in his faith because he hung out with people who were strong in their faith. And you are going to have to remember to watch when, when Elijah and, and we, if, if I had my flannel board, I can still remember the flannel board pictures from this from when I was a little kid. When Elijah called down fire on Mount Carmel, and he calls down fire, and this incredible... I mean, the Lord, the Lord lights the altar. It consumes all the, water, <coughs> all the water, all the wood, everything. The glory of God is revealed. All the prophets of Baal are killed. And then they've been in drought for so many years. And the Lord has said there is rain coming. But an interesting thing is the Lord has said there is rain coming... But somehow Elijah knows his prayers have got to be a part of that. And I want to encourage you in this because I don't understand it, but I know that through prayer the Lord invites us to partner in unfolding his will here on earth. It it feels like, God, you could totally skip the middleman on this. You could unfold your will here without me asking for it that he has asked, and I want to encourage you today, where are you being faithful in prayer? Where are you being faithful in prayer? And, 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 you know, we had our kids write goals at the beginning of the year, and then we had them go back because we were like, guys, look at your goals. These are the most ambiguous goals. You know, I want to be kinder this year. I mean, how are we going to know if you got kinder? I, I mean, honestly, tell me, how, how am I going to know you got kinder? I don't know. Well, then I don't know either. You know, I mean, how about you say, I am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to react kindly to my sisters. Because I'll be able to tell you if you're hitting that. <laughs> you know, I mean, Shelby is, is highly emotional. We've told Shelby at the beginning of the year, what is your goal about your emotions? Keeping them in check. And she said, I don't want to cry as much. Okay, that's, that's a great goal. How about we say, you're only allowed to cry twice a day. <laughs> now, I know some counselor is going to come up and be like, that's a terrible plan. <laughs> but we just told her, you know, I mean, because it's not, it's not always the, it's not the sobbing crying. It's, it's a lot of um, highly reactive emotions. And so what we really have said, you have to tell us when you've used your two tickets. You know, and so at breakfast, when she finds out we're having English muffins and that really wasn't on her agenda, she'll go, oh, and I'll go, oh, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Because that's one. <laughs> that's that's, that's going to be one. You know, and she'll say, you know, I don't like English muffins. So, yes, I know you don't like English muffins, but that is, that, is, that is what has been provided. And she's gotten to where she'll say, okay. I'll just eat my bacon. Okay, that, I mean, that's a solution. You know, we, we, can't, we, can't, we can't react huge every single time. But show me where are you growing, and if you want added accountability, ask the people close to you in your life. I have a tendency to react huge here. When you see me doing that, help me. I mean, probably one of the best, worst things I've ever done is said to Tony, I want to do better brushing Shelby's hair in the morning. You know, And so now he'll walk in and be like, take it down, take it down. I mean, like he just does his hand motions. But I want the Lord to be working in the areas that it's hard. I didn't need to ask Tony, hey, help me to enjoy speaking in front of people. I love this. I love this. I mean, I'm praying that the Lord is revealed in all of this. But the truth is, it's easy to ask the Lord to reveal Himself in the things that I like. What is not easy is asking the Lord to reveal Himself in the things that I don't. That laundry room. I don't enjoy laundry. But I mean, I have to get in there and I have to do it. And so I've written myself notes all over the place. Do any of you remember the the movie A Beautiful Mind? where he had all the notes, and he was a genius. I'm a genius. (laughs) I have notes all over that laundry room. Dirty clothes mean healthy kids. You know, as long as you have these clothes, you have children in your home. I mean, I'm reading those all the time, reminding myself, Lord, I want to do this in honor of you. This is a season I'm in, and I know, I know it is short. So God, help me not miss a moment of of You in the hard things. Long, I, I mean, I think it was probably about 10, 10 years ago. My parents have a ranch in West Texas, and we were driving it. I was with my youngest brother, and we were driving it, and um, he all of a sudden stopped real quick, and he said, "Look at those, look at those deer." Way over there, and when he when he pointed, I mean, he pointed across a canyon, and we were looking at two little animals that honestly looked like they were about this big. And I thought, how on earth did you see those deer? I mean, that's that's really crazy. They're that they're that big. And he said, well, when we were little, Dad taught me that you watch the landscape. You watch the landscape, and if everything is moving like this, moving like this, and you train your eyes to just notice that that's how everything is moving, all of a sudden, if in the middle of that you see this, it catches your eye. And I saw those deer flick their ears. I mean, you think about that. They're this big, tiny ears. He sees them, and I just started thinking... I want those trained eyes. And, and, and that's one of the resources. We're talking about opening your eyes, but this, you have access to eyes that spot the glory of God at work in this place. You have eyes, and I'm telling you, the world does not need more Christians who point out everything that is going wrong. We've got plenty of those. I mean, really, and 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 you. And there's there's a new place to focus every day on where things are going wrong. What we need, what is going to move the kingdom of God forward, is people who see the glory of God in a nation that is going like this, who can spot this, this, and it's going to take us working and concentrating. And when Elijah. Elisha's mentor was up on that mountain, and he is praying, God, send your rain. He sends his servant seven times. Go look and see if there's rain. And the servant keeps going, and he keeps coming back. There's nothing. There's nothing. He prays some more. Go look and see if there's rain. The servant goes out. There's nothing. And then one time, the servant comes back and says... There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising from the sea. And because Elijah is a man of faith, he says, Tell everyone to get in their chariots and go. There's a storm coming. And I want to encourage you today that part of your role is to pray... But then there's going to be some select people in your life where part of your role is to be the person that they say, do you see any movement whatsoever? Any movement. And you are going to have to be someone whose eyes get tired from squinting. Don't you know, I mean, I this summer we were at the ocean, and Tony and I stood there one day, and we were looking out, and I said, how on earth? Did anyone ever spot a cloud the size of a man's hand? I mean this is there's there's white caps there's and he said because they were looking for it. And you are going to transform yourself, your friends, your family when you start being someone who can spot the glory of God rising. And so back then, 10 years ago, so Peyton was six, Benjamin was four, Eden was, was baby. So we were still in the, the car seat stage of life. Oh, God, thank you. We're out of that. It was a lot of buckles every day. But I told Tony every day when we're buckling these kids in, I want us to ask, God, give us eyes to see glory of God. Give us eyes. We're going to start asking for it. And so we'd be driving down the road, and I'd say, Hey, has anyone seen the glory of God today? Yes. I saw it. I mean, when they were little, you know, I see it in the, in the leaves in the tree. Yes. I see it in Taco Bueno. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, that's a stretch, but they do have good queso. You know, I mean, there's, there's but we started talking about it. How do you see it? Because you're going to have to be looking for it. And it's the same way that we send them into their schools now and we say, look for the Lord. Because some days the Lord is going to look to you like someone who helps you pick up your books when you trip and drop them in the hall. Someday it's going to be a kind teacher. Some days the Lord to you is going to be when you feel moved to help someone that you normally wouldn't help. And you're going to see the Lord when you are looking for them, for him. He's at work in the people around you. He is at work in the battles that are being fought. But the enemy is going to tell you he's not here. You've missed him. This nation has gone too far off track. This ship cannot be fixed. Ship, I want to make sure I enunciated that. Ship <laughs> is off its course. I, I, I saved some. I saw some eyebrows go up. I'm, I'm with you. But I want you to know the enemy lies, and he has been lying since the beginning of time. And you are going to have to train your eyes to see. I think a neat thing, a neat exercise if we had time that we could do would be to say, hey, acknowledge someone, and maybe you can still do this. Acknowledge someone that you know that has trained eyes because they stand out. And I would be willing to bet there's many here in this church. But people who spot the glory of God, who are constantly calling it out, draw a crowd because it's so refreshing to be in their presence. And so I want to remind you that He is at work. Let me go over all of these points one more time. God is with us. Your faith reveals. You're going to have to take a step of faith. Remember your resources. Remember to to train your eyes. And then in Hebrews, this our session this morning. Um we, we called this session anchoring deep. Because that's really what all those rememberings do. They anchor you for what you're facing. In in 6, six eighteen through seventeen, it says this: God did this so that by two un- unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie. Remember, the Satan lies, but the Lord doesn't. We who have fled the lies to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. We have hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. And I want to suggest to you today that Jesus is the anchor for your soul. He anchors you. And He is still at work in our lives. A few years ago, our boys loved playing baseball. And, and, and our oldest is one of the kindest people that you will ever meet, but he is extraordinarily hard on himself. And we were watching him out on the pitcher's mound, and I don't know why, I I mean, what is this gift, but I can read lips like a champ. I mean, I I, I can, It's it's not good. Tony will say, hey, let's focus in on what our family's talking about rather than you saying at the restaurant, you know, You wouldn't believe what that guy's saying over there, you know. (laughs) But I was watching our oldest out there on that pitcher's mound, and he was having an off day, and truly everyone does. Everyone does. And I was watching him talk to himself in a way that I would never allow him to talk to anyone else. And if we are not careful, that is what the lies of Satan will do. It's one way to to listen. Are you listening to him? How do you talk to yourself? How do you talk to yourself when you're in the car? I mean, when you're driving, when you're alone by yourself, are you berating yourself? Are you telling yourself things you could do better? I I mean, are your conversations one of condemnation or are they... I mean, you're going to have some conviction. There are times when I get in the car and I think, ah, I wish I hadn't said that. Lord, I could have handled that better. That is not what I'm talking about. I am talking about me getting in the car, and, I, and this used to happen frequently. I would get in the car on the way home from something like this, and I would think, oh, I don't think I said that point number two right. You're stupid. Why do you do that? You do this every time. I mean, and I would start this conversation that if someone wrote out that script and asked me to read it to Amy Joe, I would say, I'm not going to do that. I would never talk to her like that. But I would talk to myself like that. So a good test for yourself. Notice this week, how do you talk to yourself when it's just you? But we were watching our son, and he was saying terrible things to himself. Terrible. And so when the inning ended and he came over to the dugout, I said, Peyton, which... I I mean, in 10 years, I now know I do not get to go approach him at the dugout. But back then, I was new. Uh, (laughs) And and so I I go over there and I go, Honey, I'm reading your lips out there, and the way that you're talking is terrible. I would never let someone stand out there and call you stupid. I would never let someone stand out there and say, You do everything wrong. And I'm watching you stand there and say that stuff to yourself, and it has ripped my heart out. I need to know what you're going to do different. And he said, well, hopefully I'm going to pitch better. And I said, no, no, that's not it. We're not talking about your performance here. We're talking about the way you're talking to yourself. It's easy to get them mixed up. But but this isn't about your performance. This is about how you respond. Every single one of us is going to have off days. It's one of the reasons in your folder you're going to see the greatest list of truths of God. Some of you are going to need to print that out and work on them. But when that week after we got home, we were just talking about it, and we said, Okay, from here on out, we are going to have to choose what is going to be our soundtrack for the day. What's our soundtrack for the day? Before you get out on the mound to pitch, before you go out to do whatever it is that you are doing, every movie has a soundtrack, and if you do not choose, What your soundtrack is, the enemy will choose it for you. What's your soundtrack? And I remember back then, Peyton the next week said, I think it's going to be the God of Angel Armies. I'm going to hum that in my mind. Sing that in my mind. Now here's the thing. It's easy to sing your soundtrack when things are going well. The true test, where you see if you're growing, is can you anchor deep, hold on to that soundtrack when things are falling apart? And so today we're going to move into our time of discussion. Lisa, are you going to come up here and talk? Or or whoever whoever is. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> we're going to move into this time of discussion, in, in, or I think we are, and if we're not... Hold on to this for later. (laughs) What we are wanting to do in this time is come up with a plan. What are we going to do when we leave here? Because a retreat is is a military term and we have a tendency to think that a retreat is when you are being defeated, but the truth is a retreat is when the commander realizes We are getting shellacked over here, but if we could move some of our forces, we could actually win this thing. It's someone who has a greater vision for the battle, and so they pull everyone back together and say, here's where the enemy's strong. We need more of you over here. Here's where this is happening. And and you start coming together with a plan. That is what is happening here today. You may have come in here feeling like you are being beaten, but the truth is... We know that Jesus is victorious. And so, this time in our discussion groups is meant to be a time where you say, I feel like I'm getting beaten here. Help me with this. And so, we're going to end this time. I'm going to pray for us. But I want you, and I, I know so many of you have anchored yourself deeply. But I find that, I I think I lived under this illusion that as I got older, things were going to get a lot easier. (laughs) I I mean, this isn't encouraging for anyone either, but that has not been the case for me. And so even on a day like today, when I'm up here talking to all of you, in my mind, I'm hearing, do you believe this? Are you holding on to this as well? I need to be reminded to anchor deep. I need to be reminded that I am anchored deep because that's another thing Satan will say. You're not anchored as well as you think you are. He is the father of lies. He is out to steal. He is out to kill. He is out to destroy. And we are Americans, and so we follow mostly the Geneva Convention that you cannot attack women or children but we have an enemy that has not signed on with the geneva convention and he is after you and he is after children and his mission is steal kill destroy and so in these times we've got to be reminded that we anchor deep we hold tight to the truths that we know let's pray oh god we're just we're just counting on you that you can take all of these words and do something with them God and we are counting on you that you are alive and at work in this room. Jesus, never more will we be all alone since you since you promised we never would part. Jesus, help us hold tightly to you today, anchor our hearts, anchor our thoughts, and God, help us leave this place ready. For what lies ahead, God, in the name of Jesus, may your kingdom advance today because of this gathering of women. Lord, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.